You are in the trenches of life. You are faced with pressure every day. Family, work, community, all demanding a piece of life. Fatherhood is war, but you continually battle for your soul and the souls in your family. It can feel isolating and exhausting, but there is good news. You have a heavenly father. Because of Jesus, you can be strong, courageous. You can be an intentional father, living with purpose. This is what you are meant for. You will make an impact. You are not alone. Welcome to Dad in the Trenches, a resource for biblical truth, challenge, and encouragement for Christian dads in the trenches of life. Hello, hello there. Welcome back. This is Aaron here at Dad in the Trenches. So glad that you're joining us today and uh, excited for today's podcast. Real quickly, going to jump into just one announcement. In the last several uh, podcasts have noted this. Uh, this is Last Call. I have a tab on the Dad in the Trenches website called the Dad Survey. And I am going to be compiling all of the information received really over the last year and a half of that being up. Um, this is a survey that's designed really to get a state of Christian fatherhood, ask a lot of hard-hitting questions, and um, uh, really interested to just get a pulse on you as dads. Um, what do you guys see and struggle with as dads? What's your past been like? Um, how you view the world? And uh, super helpful and, and something that I'm looking forward to presenting to you all in the near future. Uh, just as the results of that. So this is last call. If you want your uh, your info, and this is anonymous info, mind you. Uh, it all gets lumped in statistically uh, with a bunch of data. So uh, you're not incriminating yourself at all. This is just simply uh, you answering questions. That stuff getting translated to data and numbers. So uh, would love to have your info in. Would love you to be a part of that and uh, hang your hat as a data point in there. Uh, for the info that's going to come here in the future. So, again, go over to, to www.dadinthetrenches.com. Look for the Dad Survey tab. Go there. It'll probably take about 10 minutes or so to fill out. Would love for you to be a part of that to do that. So, I'm excited about today's guest. And this is a topic today that's a bit of departure from previous podcasts. Um, however, it is an absolute necessity for us as dads. When you think about the tenets of Dad in the Trenches of Purpose, Presence, and Progress, one of those tenets under purpose is provision. And that's both monetary and safety. Today we're going to key in specifically on the physical safety aspect of purpose. Now, I don't know about many of you and your households, but honestly the physical safety aspect is something um, that we don't talk a whole lot about, um, and frankly can be a bit uncomfortable, especially you know, when you're talking maybe with a spouse about the issue. Um, but today's guest makes this topic of safety approachable, and he gives us some great tips and starting points for our mindset as well as getting started. So I enjoyed our time greatly, and uh, know you'll enjoy it as well. So thanks for joining me here today, and let's get over to today's guest. 
Well, gentlemen, thanks for joining us here today on Dad in the Trenches. My guest is Andy Murphy from the Secure Dad podcast. Andy, hey man, thanks so much for joining us today. Aaron, thank you so much uh, for having me on today. I appreciate what you do on your podcast and to be here is a thrill, man. I appreciate it. Um, so for those uh, that may not be familiar with you or uh, this is their first time hearing you, you know, talk a little bit about what you do presently, season of life, family, that sort of thing. Sure. Well, you know, um, I have been running The Secure Dad since 2016. I started as a personal blog cool. sharing about um, how I think and what I do. I came across Michael Hyatt. I'm sure you know who that is. Mm-hmm. And um, he said in a video that I was watching of his, he's like, what is it that you can talk about every day, all day, and never get tired of it? And I said, for me, that's family protection and home security, because awesome. that is the way that my mind works. Huh. That is, that's my forte. And, and it's, it's strange, it's a little nerdy, because I get excited <laughs> about stuff. Like I, I read books about behavior analysis and I'm like, wow, this is amazing stuff. Everybody should know this. <laughs> so there's this, um, it's an indulgence of, you know, part of, you know, who God has made me to be. And I'm, I am here uh, because of him. I am doing the secure dad right now here in my life, having this conversation with you because this is exactly where God has put me. It is, has been a, a strange and wild ride at times, but I am so glad that I am here. Uh, to be able to share with families how to live safer and happier lives. That's awesome. That's fantastic. Because you know, as we kind of work through these new three uh, tenets for Dad in the Trenches, and especially under purpose, one of those kind of sub points is provision. Which uh, obviously there's a money aspect, but really there's a safety aspect. So I'm yeah, just excited yeah. to have you here for that. And um, you know, it's funny. <laughs> Hearing you, hearing you talk about just kind of your nerdiness about <laughs> security, <laughs> it's like, you know, I've been in the business world for 20 years. And it's like, man, there are people that are like passionate about like insurance. There's people that are passionate yes. about being yes. attorneys. There's people that are passionate about, you know, kind of nerdy topic, quote unquote nerdy topics. And it's like, yeah, I'm not geared that way at all <laughs> myself. So uh, again, just excited to have you here. So, you know, family dynamics, what's your household look like? Well, my household, it's me, uh, my wife, and my son, and our insane dog. And we are working through this COVID-19 world just like everybody else is. Right. My wife, you know, is essential at her job, and it is, uh, it's been huge for her. Uh, she's working more. She's working harder. Uh, we've got, you know, been making the decision of whether or not should our kid go to school, you know, virtually or should he go back to the classroom? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm right there smack in the season of life with everybody else wondering, you know, what, what's the world going to look like in the next 30 days? You know, what, what's going to happen next? So my household is, is, is constant, but it is also changing at the same time. And I think there's people out there who will be able to uh, agree with me there. Yeah, I no, totally understand and then also just, you know, as we get to know you a little bit more, talk about your background growing up, impact of father on you, you know, emotionally, spiritually, that kind of thing. Sure. You know, I'm one of these people who has been incredibly fortunate to have a good dad in my life. There are so many people out there who are bringing up studies that talk about, you know, households that don't have fathers in them and how those kids just mm-hmm. seem to be a step or two behind everybody else. And that's, you know, that's sad, but that's where, you know, God can put 
people in those children's lives to help them, you know, in those situations. But, you know, you know, God put my father in my life. He is a retired minister. He has been in the ministry for the entire time that I have been alive. He is only recently retired. And that was hard for him because he was one of these people who's used to going at it seven days a week, you know, because as a minister, you never stop. You know, the joke is that preachers only work on, you know, one day a week. Why are they always stressed out? (laughs) So, um, yeah, him being in my life and, and, and bringing just the, the presence of God into our home was huge. And to be able to pray with us. And, you know, my mom is also a good person of faith as well. And she is, both of my parents have been very supportive and have been very solid people in my life. And I owe a lot to them and just their, just their everyday presence. There's a lot of people who will talk about, oh, I had this big experience with my dad on a camping trip. And those things are wonderful. Mm -hmm. But like, it's the small everyday stuff that really as dads, that adds up for our kids. And those are the things that we need to be mindful of. Sure, the big camping trips, you know, I've gone camping with with my son, and those are those are great times together. But really, it's the everyday stuff. And that's what my dad showed me. And that's what I'm trying to show my son in return. It's who you are every day that determines who you are outside of the house. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. And also, obviously, this is for fathers. So, uh, you know, talk about your own fatherhood journey, your own in the trenches of stories of, you know, learn to be a dad, balance work, all that kind of thing. Maybe uh, something difficult you've had to overcome as a dad or things you've learned along the journey. Right. You know, um, being a dad is the hardest job you'll ever have, but it's also the most rewarding. (laughs) And it has been uh, a wonderful experience. There are times where you were like, I've, I've got to be the worst dad in the world. And then there are times where you see your kid go out and do something. And I'm like, wow, he was paying attention this whole time. (laughs) Um, For me, I have been um, a workaholic for most of my child's life. And I'm one of these people, I had a full-time job um, doing, you know, videography stuff because that's, that's where my, uh, a lot of my training is in. So I had a full-time job doing that. And then I would do freelance work doing, uh, being a sports videographer and producing shooting and on all sorts of stuff for um, all sorts of sporting events. And so I was one of these people who was just, you know, always busy and always out there. And I was passionate about what I did. I loved what I did. Mm -hmm. It was, you know, you were always the cool guy at the party or after church, people would be like, Hey, what did you think of the game yesterday? And you'd be like, Oh yeah, I was two feet from, you know, that tackle or whatever. (laughs) But, um, it, there just, there came a point. I remember, uh, at Thanksgiving in 2015 and God said to me, you're going to do something different with your life. And I was like, okay, you know, cool. Uh, I don't know what this is, but, you know, God's speaking to me. And, and when he speaks, I listen. Um, sometimes I'm not always quick to do. Um, I'm, I'm kind of like Jonah in that way sometimes. <laughs> but, um, you know, God was like, you're going to do something different with your life. And I'm like, okay. And then, you know, one thing leads to another. I end up leaving the highest paying job I've ever had to step out on faith and do something. And that something has ended up being the secure dad. I have been able to spend more time with my son to be able to be with him instead of just being this guy who was always gone mm-hmm. all the time. You know, I was able to to bring it in a little bit. Um, a, f- a good friend of mine 
right before my son was born, gave me a great piece of advice. And he was like, Andy, don't feel like you have to work so hard that you have to buy your kid, you know, seven pairs of shoes because he can only wear one pair at a time anyway. Mm-hmm. And I thought, man, that is, that is true. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of us think that per, you know, providing for our family is purely financial and, and, and yes, being able to provide money to put food on the table and a roof over their heads is extraordinarily important. Yes. But a lot of times it is, you've got to invest with the people that God has put in your household. That's good. Um, so, you know, transitioning into, you know, several years back, you're transitioning to the secure dad and that sort of work. Um, I, I presume you're doing this full time now. And, uh, you know, tell us, like, what does that work look like? The, the work looks like a blank spreadsheet in the beginning. Um, and I, I will sit and I will think about, okay, what is it that my audience I call protector parents? And these are the parents who realize that the safety of their family and their safety is their personal responsibility. And so I'm like, okay, what is it the protector parents need to hear right now? So there's a lot of prayer that's involved. There's a lot of things that just develop naturally. Like um, recently, uh, I've done a podcast on how to freeze your child's credit because that is something that is important because every, every person in the United States who has a social security number can be the victim of credit fraud. So even your child who is six months old can have their credit and their identity stolen. And so this was a step that I had personally taken to protect my child and his financial future. And so I spent a lot of time laboring on one, doing the process myself, actually contacting the big three uh, credit companies and writing to them and proving to them that I am the legal guardian of my child, please freeze their credit for now so that nobody Mm -hmm. else can open an account in their name. And so Mm -hmm. we find out, you know, 22 years later that their credit has been ruined by somebody who bought a boat and defaulted on the loan. So I go through and I do all that research for it. I do it myself and I sit down and I write and say, you know, what did I do well? What did I not do well? What would I encourage other people to do in the future? This is a really long process for a podcast. So I was like, okay, I'm going to create a free PDF guide so that parents can go step-by-step through it and figure out how this whole process works and how it's done. And it starts with a small idea and it just grows and grows in such a way that it becomes this kind of a big deal to do. And it's, it's exciting to see what God leads me to do every week. Uh, I tackle on the show some hard stuff. I've been tackling human trafficking mm-hmm. a lot here of late. That's a very yeah. uh, unsettling subject, something that we we definitely need to to talk about and shed light on. Yeah. But you know, the work is so rewarding, and it's you know I try to set you know work hours, and then all of a sudden, I'm sure just like you, you get inspired. And you're, the next thing you know, you're on the laptop saying, okay, well, here's this completely new perspective that I need to work into here somehow that yeah. I'm sure somebody needs to hear. So yeah. it, it, it never stops. And I honestly feel like that's a really good thing. Yeah, no, that's great. And, you know, the question is kind of bubbling up in my mind, especially just hearing you say much of your audience are protector parents. Mm-hmm. But really, you know, more than that, like talk about being a secure dad and why this is important in today's world and society, especially for those of us that may not like naturally or our inclination may not be to be protector parents, you know, talk to us about that and even just kind of any pillars of your work or the ideas behind it as well of 
of, of that. Sure. The, the protector parent is the parent who cares about their kids and who has woken up to understand that their personal safety is their own responsibility. I learned this way back in 1999 while I was thousands of miles away from Columbine High School. The shooting there made me understand the next day when I went to school that any one of my classmates could pull a gun out of their book bag and start shooting. And this was a completely new concept to me. Mm -hmm. And so I had to realize at that point in time, I need to be able to get myself out of this situation. So I started becoming a protector parent way back in high school. Gotcha. <laughs> and so that's where that kind of, that, that kind of grows. Um, while, you know, our first responders are going to be there for us and they're going to help us as soon as they can. I have been in trainings where I have had FBI agents, you know, look at me and say, we're going to come get you, but you're going to be on your own for a while. Mm -hmm. And that is a pretty, you know, big epiphany for some people to have. You always think that, you know, somebody will be there to protect you. Somebody will be there to do all these things for you. And sometimes you, you're going to have to do this for yourself. Um, you know, God wants us to live a full and happy life. He doesn't want us to be victims. He doesn't want us to just be idle in the important things in our life and protecting our families and protecting our children is a big part of that. So being a protector parent means that you've just simply come to the understanding that it is up to me to be the first person who's going to be there to help either myself or my child in an emergency. And so, and that can be just simply changing the way you think you can take a self-defense class. You can do all sorts of fun stuff along mm -hmm. the way, but it really means I've got to be the one who is going to stand up and do something when it needs to be done. Hit us with some, you know, practical tips and things that, uh, oftentimes, you know, I work in consulting now and it's a lot of times I'm looking for not necessarily the quick wins, but low hanging fruit <laughs> that'll actually make an impact. Right. Yeah, and so right. it's, you know, you want to get some momentum going. So, you know, maybe give us some, some tips on some low hanging fruit things that would be easy for us that maybe aren't aware or that we need to get kind of more into that mindset. Give us some of those and then work us into some more maybe weightier things that we should be sure. thinking sure. about or moving towards. The biggest thing that I tell people is when they are out in public is that you've got to get your face out of your phone. You can't be always in your phone. You can't have both <laughs> of your hands together up towards your face. Right. You no know, texting along as you go because bad guys look for easy targets. And if you are not paying attention, you make yourself an easy target for a crime. It could be, you know, like somebody trying to steal your wallet. It could be much worse than that. But really, you've just got to, one, look aware so that when you do look aware, you, you do have your eyes up, your hands are open and they're free and you're walking down the sidewalk on your lunch break at work. And you look like somebody who is going to remove that element of surprise for an attacker. So therefore, whoever that attacker is, they check you off and they say, nope, it's not going to be that person. He's going to see me coming. I need the element of surprise. This guy's paying attention. So therefore, he's not my guy. And you go on. Yes. Another thing that you can do at home, and, and dads have been doing this a lot for a long time, but I call this the nightly safety sweep. That is when, right before you go to bed, I want you to go around and check all your windows, make sure they're locked, 
make sure your doors are locked, make sure that your security system is armed and things like that. Um, because you want to make sure that every time you, your head hits the pillow, that your house stands ready. You want to make sure that it is going to be harder for anybody to come in to your home uh, at night, especially because that's the thing that we all are, are worried about. This is the thing that worried me for many years, laying in bed at night, staring up at the ceiling, wondering, gosh, if somebody broke in right now, what, what would I do? And so I've been able to answer that question. As a matter of fact, I, I wrote a, a book on it called Home Security, The Secure Dad's Guide. Cool. And it, it, answers, it answers those questions for you. But I will tell you this, my nightly safety suite grows. I have not shared this on my podcast, Aaron, but I'm going to share it with you guys. Okay. Um, I almost burned my house down like two weeks ago. Are you serious? <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> I, um, I was cooking and I'm not the best cook. And I left a burner on on my gas stove for like 12 hours oh my i like left the, it on like overnight. the gas gas was going or actually the, the gas and the flame was going oh yeah all of it <laughs> and i know everybody's like oh my gosh how couldn't you see it i always thought Aaron, that if I left it on, it would be obvious that, oh, right. there's a blue flame right there because I have a nightly safety sweep. I have to walk right by the stovetop every night to see it. Oh, so wow. I just assumed that I would see it. I would hear it. I would smell it. Yeah. But I didn't. Thankfully, it was on uh, low. So it was just like the keep warm setting. Yeah. So the flame was really small. It wasn't like, you know, leaping up, you know, yeah. when you're, you're doing stuff. So it wasn't obvious. So guess what? The nightly safety suite now has check yeah. the oven on it. <laughs> so it's always growing. It's um, you can't uh, you can't be still when it comes to security. You've got to always be moving. You've got to always be thinking about it because. And this is one of those situations where, when it happened, I was like, God, thank you so much that yeah. I did not burn my house down yeah. because we had other good habits. You know, we didn't keep anything stored on top of the stove. Nothing yeah. really hung over it. Nothing melted. It was just, we, we ran a burner for 12 hours and yeah. I was like, Oh man, <laughs> thank you. God. Thank you. God. So totally. much <laughs> Yeah, totally. that I did not, that I didn't, you know, burn my house down. Totally. Hey, chasing yeah. rabbits here for a minute too. You mentioned, you know, security systems. What, um, what are some of your favorites? What are those that you might recommend or that uh, for those that may not have a security system and think, Oh my gosh, that's way too expensive. You know, what do you recommend or look at? Well, you can, I know expense is a big deal. You can get some budget friendly systems out there that will do the basic needs. If you really wanted to, you could go to Walmart and buy everything you needed to make a basic security system. So while I won't necessarily sit here and tell you um, go with ADT or Vivint because I don't know who yeah. is in whose area and all that kind right. of stuff, I will sure. tell you basically what you need to do is you need to have a sensor on every external door in your house. Any door that leads out to the garage, that leads to the front porch, the back porch, wherever, there needs to be a sensor on that door so that when it opens, it's going to alert the system that there's you know, a door that's been opened. I would put um, sensors on windows as well so that when the window goes up and down that um, the system is aware of it. You could do a glass break monitor. Uh, these are things that just listen for the pitch of glass breaking. And it's not like, you know, the glass breaking sound in a cartoon. It's the actual what does 
you know, an actual real house window sound like when it breaks. Huh. So those are some things that you can do. And this is a big one. Um, thankfully, this has kind of tapered off a little bit, but there were a lot of people hacking into home security cameras. Hmm. So make sure that you do everything that you can to have two-step verification on those cameras to make sure that they are password protected, that the software is up to date on those cameras. And this is the most important one. Don't put a camera inside your house in a sensitive area. Back during Christmas, there was a hacker who got into a family's home. They had a camera in their daughter's bedroom. And the hacker who sounded like a teenager uh, was able to speak to the daughter through the camera and say, Hey, it's me. It's Santa Claus. And of course she freaks out because she's like eight oh years old and you know, she's screaming. She doesn't know what's going on. And the voice is like, Hey, it's only me. It's Santa Claus. Don't be upset. And it was, it's freaky. I mean, it's very unsettling, but the fact of the matter is that guy would have never been able to see the child to record video of the child or talk to the child if the camera wasn't in the room in the first place. Mm -hmm. So we've got to be, very selective in where we put cameras. I would put them on the outside of your home that look at all of your exterior doors and maybe down like a shot. If you have a, a side of your house that has nothing but windows or something, mm -hmm. you know, have it there, but I'm not really big on having cameras inside your home simply because if something goes wrong, people can get a lot of valuable information from you. Gotcha. No, that's, that's really great advice. Um, I do want to take just a quick moment and emphasize the importance of safety sweeps, uh, the very thing that Andy was talking about just a little bit ago. Um, but more importantly, I want to call your attention to something. Um, one, this interview was uh, conducted, I don't know, a month or so ago before release. Uh, but just two weeks ago, um, some really dear and close family friends of ours that live five minutes away from us, um, their entire house and world was disrupted. Um, their whole house blew up in a freak propane gas leak accident. Um, sadly, their oldest daughter uh, did not make it through the accident. Um, the husband, wife, and son did and uh, found themselves in the hospital with severe burns, those kind of things. And so, um, one, I just want to call your attention to the importance of the safety sweep, the very thing that Andy was talking about, but uh, also uh, as it pertains to this particular situation, any of you that have a gas insert for your fireplace, um, do get it checked out. Check out the model information on it. You need to make sure that there is a safety off for the gas in case the pilot light uh, somehow goes out. I believe what happened in this situation with our friends is um, somehow it was an illegal gas log insert and it did not have a automatic safety shut off uh, and apparently the pilot light was out and that filled their whole house with gas, um, which was uh, ignited uh, that next morning. And so um, as hard as the last several weeks have been with the loss um, that our friends have experienced, um, I do just want to take this uh, moment and call this out. Uh, this is very real stuff, uh, gentlemen. And 
uh, by all means, if you have a gas insert, you need to check the uh, the automatic safety off or the shutoff uh, functions of your gas uh, inserts for your fireplaces. Please do that. Check that out. It is for the safety of your family. All right, we're going to jump back over to the interview with Andy. My thanks to him again for joining us for today's episode, and thank you for joining us here at Dad in the Trenches. <laughs> shared a tip about um i believe it was uh service people in your home mm -hmm. you know check your windows at night before um there was one about that share, share that right with us. so um this is a common kind of scam um uh, but this happened in my neighborhood not excuse me not my neighborhood it happened in my area um where a cleaning crew would come in during the day and they would you know develop a rapport with the family they'd come in and out on you know a weekly basis and what they would do is whenever the timing was right for them, they would leave one window unlocked in the house and they would tell their friends who they were working with, all right, this window in the living room is open. And then those friends would go to that window, open it up, steal from the family when they knew that they were gone because the cleaning crew, half of the crew knew when the schedule, they knew when people were gone yeah. and they could come in and steal and go out through that window without ever setting off an alarm or anything like that. Because chances mm -hmm. are also that that cleaning crew had a code for the security system to turn it on and off when they were in the house without the family being there. Yeah. So uh, anytime a service person is in your house, just go around and check the windows and this, I'm not disparaging all service people right. um, because there's a lot of, I mean, most people who come into your house to check your HVAC and to clean your house are good, honest people. Yeah. But it's, it's that whole trust, but verify thing, trust them yeah. that they're going to be here and they're going to treat you well, but verify that all those windows are locked when they leave. Yeah, absolutely. That's a good tip. So we've hit on situational awareness stuff yes. when you're out in public. Um, security system stuff, doing a sweep through your house. You know, what are some other low-hanging fruit things you'd, you'd hit us with? Sure. Um, one of the things that I always tell folks, you can, you can Google home security tips and you'll find, you know, stuff all over the place. But nothing is really ever going to work for you until you change your mindset, until you change how you think. No amount of tips is really going to make a difference. Sure, you know, always make sure that your windows and your blinds are closed and use timers on your lights when you're away on vacation and be careful mm -hmm. what you put out by your trash can. Um, you don't want to put a big screen TV box out by your trash can because anybody knows now that you have a big screen TV inside that can <laughs> right. be stolen and pawned really easy. Right. But until you change the way you think, those things aren't really going to matter. You need to make the change inside you. And then that change will move to your hands, to your feet, to your eyes, to your mouth. Mm -hmm. And it's going to just be a part of you naturally. And mm -hmm. that's where real safety can start for somebody is changing the way you think. And, and lastly, my last tip for you is when I go to bed at night, I pray for security for my home. Because I know at the end of the day, there's only so much that I can do. Mm -hmm. So I put my faith and I put the security of my family in God's hands every yeah. night. And it's, it's not that I put it there. It's always there. I'm acknowledging 
that mm-hmm. it's there. And it's like, you know, father, you know, please put protective angels, you know, around my son, my wife, my home, myself, you know, so that we can rest, you know, safely tonight and that sort of thing. And he is, he has always been there. And I, I learned that I learned the prayer of, of putting or requesting protective angels be around you when I was on a mission trip in a, not the nicest area of town. Mm-hmm. Um, going out there trying to share the word of Jesus and, and a place that I don't think I know, ne- I normally wouldn't have ever set foot, but you know, on faith, I was there and I learned so much. Yeah. So that's, you know, that's one thing that I do, um, every night. That's great. Okay. So Andy, just talk to us a little bit about just home security, uh, obviously mindset, but just when it comes to our home, obviously with COVID, you know, we're all, a lot of people are stuck at home a lot more and um, you know, what are some things we should be thinking about? Sure. You know, kind of like we were talking about earlier with the nightly safety sweep and we can, we can talk about a lot of these tips, but until you really have a holistic approach, you, you can have a hundred tips and you can do some of them, but it's not really going to work for you. What you need to do is you need to have a cohesive plan. And so in my book, Home Security, The Secure Dad's Guide, I lay out a layered home defense strategy. And there are four parts to the strategy. It is um, discipline, deter, fortify, and defend. Okay. Discipline means kind of the nightly safety suite that we talked about earlier. It's mm-hmm. being disciplined and understanding, okay, I've got to do this every day. And I can't just buy an alarm system and put it up on the wall and then it'll, it'll do its thing, I guess. You've got to be responsible. You've got to be disciplined in turning it on. You've got to be disciplined in making sure that all the doors are locked and the garage door is down. All that stuff has to be done every day. It, is, it needs to become a part of the rhythm of your life. Um, deter. Gosh, this is, this is probably the most overlooked part of home security, and that is deterrence. A lot of people will talk about, you know, what would you do, Andy, if you were sitting in your big chair watching a movie with your family and somebody burst in the door and all of a sudden they were on top of you and they're beating you up in your chair. And I was sitting there and think, okay, well, I need to make sure that they can't get through the door. <laughs> then I need to make sure that they don't get through the porch. <laughs> Then I need to make sure at the outer le- at the outer edge of all of this that, that they don't choose my house to come into. Right. And that's deterrence. Mm. And that is the difference between a house that is a hard target and a house that is a soft target. Mm. At night, and that's generally when people become most conscious about the security of their home is at night when things can't be seen as much, even though most home invasions happening during the day when nobody is around and mm. it's during the daylight and everybody's at work because certain thieves don't want to have a confrontation with you. Great. They just want to get in. They want to raid your medicine cabinet and go. That's all okay. they want to do. Uh, but then the people who break in at night are the ones that generally have a lot of questionable morals and are going to want to do a lot of questionable things. Gotcha. So when your house is seen in the neighborhood is it seen as a soft target or a hard target and when you make it a hard target that's when it deters somebody from ever choosing your home in the first place mm-hmm. that's how you win the fight before it ever starts that's how you win the fight without throwing a punch mm-hmm. it's i'm not going there i'm going to move on to somebody else fortify is exactly what it sounds like if for some reason you are having somebody who wants to get into your house you got to make it hard for them you want it to take as long as you can to you want to make it as long as you can for them to get into your home because that buys you time 
that buys you time to prepare your family to either gather in a room called a safe room where you can call the police and you can get everybody there and protect them better. Or you can actually, if somebody's trying to get in your front door, you can go out your back door. If you can get to a neighbor's house and call 911 from there, you do it. So the whole point of fortification is, is it's buying you time to respond with your family. And you want to make it as hard as you can. You want to make it hard for somebody to kick in your front door. And your hope that, you know, this experienced criminal who's maybe kicked in a door or two before, they can, you'd normally kick one in at three or four kicks. But with your home, you fortified this door. Wow, it's taken seven or eight kicks and I'm still not through. You hope that they're just going to give up and go on. Well, this didn't work. It's made too much noise. It's taken too long. I need to go. They've probably already called the cops. The cops are on the way. I'm done. Mm. I'm, I'm out. And so defend the, the last part of this. And that is the, that's the inner layer. And that is when, for whatever reason, you have a dedicated attacker who has gone through all the other layers and it's now time for you to physically fight for your family. Hmm. This is where you need to know what you're willing to do to protect your family. Um, and I go through this in the book and I ask you some really hard questions that you know, every person needs to answer about what they're willing to do to protect themselves and to protect their children, to protect their, to protect their wives. So um, I, you want to make sure that you are going to, in the defend layer, make sure you have the tools necessary to get the job done. Make sure you know how to use those tools wisely and how to make sure that those tools don't get used against you or accidentally deployed against your family members. So there's, there's, a, there's a whole big thing to it. But if you can, if you can have the discipline and you can have the deterrence of the fortification, you shouldn't have to defend yourself from somebody inside your home. And that's the whole point. But I want you to be able to defend yourself if it's absolutely necessary. Yeah. So, you know, discipline, deter, fortify, defend, that is a layered home defense strategy. And that is something that is going to work better for you than 100 tips that you're going to read online. Cool. That's great. Thanks for that, Andy. Sure. Um, you mentioned mindset earlier as well. You know, talk to us a little bit more about mindset and just developing a mindset. How does uh, how does someone go from you know a one on a scale of ten to maybe a five in awareness or their mindset or you know moving up the ladder, so to speak? Okay. So really, developing your mindset, the first understanding is either saying to yourself or saying out loud, I can be the victim of a crime. A lot of people don't want to mentally make that leap because that is a very unpleasant thought. That's why a lot of people are so hesitant to take self-defense courses because this is not a happy, joyous thing to be thinking about. This is mm. not normal dinner time conversation to think about. <laughs> right. You know, somebody could, you know, break into my home. Somebody could jump me in a parking lot. Somebody could, you know, hurt me uh, in the subway, something like that. You know, you just, that's not something that you want to think about. And I really think in order to make the first step in making your mindset going from an absolute zero to getting halfway there is understanding that you can be the victim of a crime. Even still, even me, I can still be the victim of a crime. I can't ever put that thought to rest. It's always got to be there. So it's kind of like G.I. Joe knowing is half the battle. Um, <laughs> so you just being able to say and understand, okay, I can be the victim of a crime. So what am I going to do about it? Right. What am I going to do about it? Does that mean I pick up a book and I read? Does that mean I go to a self-defense class? 
does that mean, you know, I go out and make sure that, you know, my wife and my daughter and my son, they all have like the pepper spray sort of stuff. You know, do I go get firearms training? You know, whatever it is, you know, you, you start to work on that next step is how, how am I going to defend myself? How am I going to make myself look like a harder target? And you just kind of build on it from there. Um, then you can step into something that I call the advers- I don't call it. This is an industry term. It's called the adversarial mindset. And that is thinking like a bad guy. Now, just because you think like a bad guy to do an exercise, it doesn't make you a bad guy. It doesn't make you a bad person. I mean that you're going to end up in jail, but uh, thinking like a bad guy means thinking like a criminal. So, you know, what I would encourage your listeners to do tonight is just an exercise to take this step. Go and stand outside your home during the day and at night and say to yourself mentally, how would I break into my own home? How would I get to the front door? Would I go in through a window? Is the gate in the back unlocked? Um, do I not have a fence? Can I didn't realize this people could get so close to my house and look in the windows. You know, it will be an eye-opening experience. You just kind of have to, to kind of shake it off. If for whatever reason, if it's too unpleasant for you to say, how would I break into my own home? You could always turn around and look at your neighbor's house and say, okay, <laughs> how would I break into my neighbor's house? Um, because I actually had somebody write me and say, I just couldn't do that. And I'm like, okay, well, how would you break into your neighbor's house? The advantage of doing it with your house is you can walk around on your property and it's not unusual. Right. Walking around on your neighbor's property might be unusual. Yeah. And definitely so, don't say it out loud. How would I break into my neighbor's uh, yeah. house? <laughs> <laughs> oh, look at me. Now I'm, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how you get the police called on you. You're right. <laughs> the man talking to himself outside. He says he's going to break into this house. <laughs> no, that's good. Um, and you mentioned resources as well. You know, talk to us just a little bit. Uh, you know, about your podcast. Um, you know, your aim. You mentioned some of that earlier as well. Uh, you mentioned some uh, books. Uh, you know, talk to us about uh, just what you've got available for resources. Sure. Um, you can find everything out about me at thesecuredad.com. There you can find a link to my podcast, uh, which is I'm approaching 100 episodes. Oh, that's a big that deal. will be happening uh, really soon. And I absolutely love doing the podcast. I love being a guest on awesome podcasts like this one. And I like to bring up a new subject each week and talk with folks. And I like to uh, interview people who I think are good in helping families protect themselves or being really awesome folks to understand about how fatherhood works. Yeah. Uh, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. <laughs> and um, I like to just be able to sit and talk to folks about, you know, how they're feeling, what they're doing, how, how, what, what is their mindset like? What is, what is it that they do? So I cover so many different topics on the podcast from how to protect yourself in public to how to protect yourself at home to topics like knowing fear. I did this phenomenal podcast with um, Tony Blauer and he has a program called no fear. It's K N O W. Mm. And he breaks down what fear is. Mm. And of course, you know, you and I, you know, reading the Bible, we know how many times is it say in the Bible that we should be afraid right. to do that. And so it, it's just, I have these great conversations with these amazing people. And then sometimes, you know, I'm talking on my own about, you know, here's how I froze my child's credit. Yeah. Also, uh, on the website, you can find my book, Home Security, The Secure Dad's Guide. It is available on Amazon in paperback and Kindle formats. Uh, that book has done uh, really, really well. I am I'm amazed, you know, since this whole 
COVID thing has kicked in, the book has yeah. been selling a lot more because people are home more and that makes yeah. absolute sense. So they're wanting to know how to be able to protect themselves and their families at home. And I'm, I'm happy to be a resource for those people. That's awesome. That's great. You know, just kind of as we're, we're coming into wrapping things up, what, um, what are some challenges you just leave with our dads in trenches? My first challenge to you guys is tonight when you go to bed and you're laying up and you're looking at the ceiling, do you have a plan to deal with somebody breaking in? If you don't, that's okay. We'll get there. So my challenge to you is tonight is to think about that. Do you have an answer for that question? If you do have a plan, how good is it? And does everybody else know what the plan is in your house? Or are you the only person that knows? So I'm really going to challenge everybody to really take a hard look at themselves and say, am I doing the best that I can to protect my family? Then the second thing I want to challenge you to do is pray about it. Pray about it and what God wants you to do. How can he help you? What is he, what is he going to lead you to do? Because sometimes these questions have really big answers for each individual. And so just pray for those protective angels. Pray for what to do next. Let, you know, let God show you what needs to be done. And, and remind us, Ian, you mentioned website uh, for how listeners can connect with you. Um, you know, social media, what platforms are you on the social media? I am on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all at the secure dad. And if you just go to the secure you scroll all the way to the bottom. There's all the little icons down there that you can click cool. on it directly, but you can just search for the secure dad. And I come up on all of them. That's great. And then podcast is on obviously Apple, any other platforms as well. The, the podcast is everywhere. And, and okay. I'm sure like you, um, People are like, oh, I listen to you on Podbean. And I'm like, what on earth is Podbean? <laughs> and you know, people just pick up your RSS and, and right. you're open to a, a whole new bunch of users. It's like, oh, well, all right, Podbean, cool. <laughs> That's great. Well, Andy, this has been awesome. Um, guys, I really, uh, one, I would recommend that you guys subscribe to the podcast. Um, Andy hits you with some great stuff. Thank you. And then, of course, by all means, uh, on your social platforms, give him a follow. Um, before we go, just Andy, would, would you take a minute? Would you pray for just the dads, pray for us? Absolutely, Aaron. I appreciate that opportunity. Father God, we thank you and to focus on you. Thank you, God, for what Aaron is doing. What he is doing is absolutely a ministry, and we are thankful for it. God, I want to pray for each person who's listening to this podcast. May you speak to them and their hearts about what they can do to protect themselves and what they can do to protect their families. Because God, we know that while we are unworthy, we are precious to you. And what is it that we need to do to be able to make sure that we can live safer, happier lives, Father? God, we just pray, pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. Again, Andy, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Aaron. I, I, I'm just, it's, this is awesome to be here. I don't want our conversation to be over, but I'm, <laughs> I'm just so thankful to be here, man. I appreciate you. Yeah, absolutely. Likewise. All right, dads, dads in the trenches. God bless. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening. For more content and resources, check out the website at dadinthetrenches.com or on social media at Dad in the Trenches. And be sure and click on subscribe to stay up to date with new podcasts. Walk out the heroic fatherhood you were called to live. <laughs>